What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum room and you can go on the You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's only a game. Why you have to be mad? It's just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Ladies and gentlemen from Northeast Ohio and beyond, you're listening to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be live from the University of Akron. This is Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'll be the host of the show today. And as always, I'm joined by two excellent analysts across the desk. First, he is the brightest football mind at WZIP Sports, and his analysis of the NFL draft will be much needed today. It is Matt Bermuka. How are we doing, everybody? Happy draft weekend. Yeah, can we get a vibe check on the show, guys? It's not the greatest Sunday outside in terms of weather. We're yeah. getting into finals week here at the University of Akron. Yeah, nice and gray. I've got three exams due before Wednesday and a podcast to record. I am uh, a little overwhelmed right now, so... I'm going to pass on the actual vibe check. It won't be good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're feeling it right now. That's for certain here at the okay. University of Akron. And the second joining us today, she is the second biggest Zips fan I know, yet the biggest homer that I know. Boom, boom, pow. It is Lana Sal. Hello, hello. And how are you doing, Lana Sal? A little doing... vibe check for you during final coming up on uh, finals week here? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Like, uh, Friday was nice because it was Spring Fest and stuff like that, so I went to that. And, um, however, today is a little bit gloomy because, you know, also I have to go into finals and stuff like that. So, but hopefully it'll get better. How was Spring Fest? I know it was inside instead of outdoors, right? Was yeah, yeah, it was nice. I mean, I got, I got henna. Um, for people that like know what that is, it's like it's like a temporary tattoo, so like kind of thing, and I like it. Um, Very springy. Yeah, it looks like you know. Yeah, and um, there people were crazy for like they were doing giveaways and stuff. Like, oh, but those bucket. bucket hats looked insane. Yeah. My uh, my roommate and his girlfriend they were in line for over two and a half hours and they yeah. didn't get a bucket hat. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, yeah, that's that's their time they wasted. Don't apologize to me. <laughs> two and a half hours for a bucket hat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, lines at Cedar Point are shorter than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hey, look, I, that's how they spend their Friday afternoon. I just watched the draft and ate Taco Bell like a true champion. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Matt. So 
Let's get into today's show. As always, the SBT crew has a stacked show for you all today. We'll round out today's show by talking about the MLB. What's our biggest concern surrounding the Cleveland Guardians right now? And do we have faith that they'll turn it around? Stick around to hear that later on in today's show. Before we discuss all things baseball, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs for an hour of today's program. We'll break down the Eastern and Western Conference sides of the bracket and unfortunately talk about the end of the Cleveland Cavaliers season. But to start today's show, we're going to talk about the event that made all the headlines this week near the end of every single April. You can expect the NFL draft to occur. WZIP Sports has had you covered when it comes to the NFL draft, by the way. Matt, You've been hosting a podcast featuring Pat Weber and Mitch Bates previewing the draft along with the needs of the AFC North. They'll do a draft recap episode this coming week for SBT Overtime that you can find wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports. Turn on those post notifications as well to find out exactly when that episode drops. But with that all being said, we'll get into some of the drafts still today on today's show, including winners and losers in a matter of moments that I'm really looking forward to. But We're going to start with the Cleveland Browns and their selections in the 2023 NFL Draft. And we're going to start it as they did. They had to wait a long time, longer than usual. Pick 74 overall wide receiver Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. Matt, I'm going to throw it right over to you. I'm interested to see what you have to say. Before I get into my thoughts, that was a great plug. That was a great plug for uh, the podcast series. I gave you a lot of, uh, you know, I gave you some heat, you know, last year because, you know, you didn't. You didn't build in plugs well, and that was that was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. So yeah, hey, I've learned my lesson. Uh, we still need a plug bell, though. Great. Oh yeah, we'll, yes, we'll we work do. On we, that. we do we'll need a sound that. effect before you graduate, man. We got to find one. But uh, yeah, I love the uh, Cedric Wilson pick. I think he's going to be basically he's Donovan Peoples Jones replacement. He's a big body X receiver. Uh, he's got four five forty speed. I think he's going to be uh, fairly good on on the outside and as a boundary this season. Uh, you know, I think training camp. I'm going to focus a lot on him just to see how he's progressing. I, you know, he's a Tennessee guy, so I think Jimmy Haslam had a big influence on this selection. Uh, but you know, at the same time, if he comes out and has a phenomenal rookie season, it would give you a valid reason not to extend Donovan Peoples Jones because you have to look at this like the Browns are. Uh, Deshaun Watson's cap hit. The last three years of his contract are all going to be north of sixty four million dollars. So you need to find replacements for current starters on a budget and I think that was the common theme of this draft and I think Cedric Wilson was kind of the uh and he was the intro to that because at first I was surprised by the pick itself uh, but you know with the power of hindsight I completely understand why yeah I mean that's a great breakdown especially considering Deshaun Watson's salary the next couple of years and finding those replacements like you're talking about Tillman, he had 109 catches with only five drops at Tennessee. He was the first volunteer to have a thousand yard season in his junior year since 2012. And like you said, this might, you know, the writing is on the wall for Anthony Schwartz, right? Oh, he's gone for sure. Exactly. Schwartz, Schwartz is gone for sure. I think Jakeem Grant and David Bell are going to fight for that sixth wide receiver spot. I'm right. fully implying Anthony Schwartz will not be on the active roster week one on, with uh, a wide receiver room of six receivers. Yeah, I agree with that. But with Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, we have both, Matt. I feel like we both jump into the hype train for DPJ every single year. That's what I'm telling myself not to do this year. Because DPJ, you know, he's a very great contested catcher. uh, But the problem is he has to catch a lot of his passes 
you know, contestedly because he has the inability to create separation. And that was his big knock coming out of Michigan. He just has very stagnant hips. And for a wide, like if you look at Amari Cooper, everything with him looks so fluid. And then you look across field with DPJ and everything looks just more challenging. And I, you know, it might not be fair to, you know, compare him to one of the best route runners in the league, but you know, it, he has very stagnant hips. He can't create his own space. So I, you know, I think if Cedric Wilson can, it's going to be you know the end of DPJ in Cleveland. Yeah, and I'm not entirely sure if that's what I want, which is kind of why I was hesitant about this pick. Overall, I'm going to give it a B plus. I think it was a smart move with everything considered, but. I do still have faith in Donovan Peoples-Jones. He will be a cheaper option in the long run, though. Matt and Lana, what are your grades for this first round? Or not first round, but the first pick for the Browns in the draft. I'll give this one just a solid B. Yeah, I agree with that. I was a little shocked that you guys are saying that, you know, he's going to replace, you know, DPJ. Just because, you know, DPJ has made some good catches. Yeah, yeah, he's been very consistent. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm knocking DPJ, but, you know, his contract's up after this year. And I think, you know, what he's going to command on the open market's not going to be something you could necessarily afford with, you know, paying your quarterback all that money. Yeah, Yeah, that would make sense. And that game-winning touchdown in that Bengals game, Baker Mayfield to DPJ, I will never forget it. Oh, that was was cool. If this is his last year... I do thank him for that one play and for a couple plays that he has made for the Cleveland Browns in his tenure here. Next up, though, pick 98, defensive tackle Siaki Ika from Baylor. Matt, I know this pick kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah, it, this kind of went against everything the Browns stand for when it comes to drafting. They usually draft young guys with a very high Ross score, which is the raw athletic score. Uh, and Siaki Ika's Ross score was 2. This is an out of 10 thing. Basically, if you're over like a So the Ross score, it compares your athletic measurements at the combine to other players at your position. So, you know, we're not putting defensive tackles with, you know, wide receivers and stuff. We're comparing defensive tackles to other defensive tackles. He scored a two, right? A like, two. A, a two. Uh, he's... I, I, I was not the biggest fan of this. I would have liked to see a more... Uh, pass rush oriented defensive tackle but it's nice to have you know a classic one tech to just i don't know wreak havoc and be kind of an anchor you know your defensive line you still don't know what's going to happen with perry on winfrey given his legal situations so uh siaki Ika might be starting to cross dalvin tomlinson right now you know i if, if that's the case i i don't know because i i i'm fully on board with you cannot bring jordan elliott or tommy togi back so he can't be worse than them. I say that now, but, you know, but I, I didn't get the pick is all I'm going to say. So I'll give it like a C minus. Yeah, he's got a lot of power, but certainly the athleticism is a big concern. Maybe just like a two down guy out there on right. the defensive line. I give it a B. I understand the pick, but obviously athleticism is a huge concern. Lana, what's your grade for the Siaki Ika pick? I'll give it a B minus. I'm a little, but yeah, if you're comparing like other defensive tackles, like if there were better options, you know, I'm a little shocked if the Browns didn't go for those better options. But, you know, I'll I'll be optimistic and hopefully he can contribute since the Browns do have some defensive woes. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, pick 111. And I'm going to spoil my grade for you guys. A+. Plus. A+. Plus, plus. A+. Plus, plus. 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 All the pluses. <laughs> more pluses, Jake. More. More. I love that you are also feeling the energy behind this pick, yes. Matt. DeWand Jones, a tackle from the... Ohio State University. This man is 
huge, 6'8", 374 pounds. His nickname is Big Thanos. Why the big in front of it? I don't know. But he's <laughs> Thanos big Thanos. Is, you know, Thanos is big enough. Why do you guys love this pick? I mean, you said it right off the rip. I mean, he is six foot eight. He has the long. He measured with the longest arms in combine history. Um, yeah, exactly. Longest arms in combine history of any athlete ever measured at the NFL combine. He had the longest arms. Uh, you know, he was mocked as a top 50 prospect. I know in our first episode of our mock draft series, we had the Juan Jones going in the top 20. Uh, he was, you know, he was a first round pick, uh, in our you know, mock draft. You know, I was completely stunned to hear that he fell to day three to begin with. I, I thought he would go by the end of round two for sure. Uh, you know, Apparently with him, there are some potential knocks on his character. All I'm going to say is I have a couple of friends that are very uh, good with the Ohio State Athletic Department. Uh, There's some rumors about his weight right now that aren't the best, and that might explain why he fell to 111. Uh, But, you know, again, going with this theme of replacements, the Browns have until tomorrow, May 1st, to pick up Jed Will's fifth-year option. If they think Dewan Jones can convert to left tackle and be a solid starter for you, again, that's another way to save money when Deshaun Watson's cap hit's going to be north of $60 million. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that exactly, what the future looked like for Jedrick Rules Jr. on the Cleveland Browns. He answered it right there for us. He was, or Dewan Jones was, one of five right tackles with at least 700 snaps to not give up a sack last season. Lana, what do you like about Dewan Jones? Yeah, I like his, like Matt said, the size. Like, I try knocking someone down like that, right? So I think they'll be good. And, you know, he's also from OSU. So just some Ohio vibes. So it should be good. Oh, yeah, the Browns drafted Buckeyes for, like, the first time ever. I know. Like, this is, this was, like, the rarest thing ever. Like, people usually don't make that drive up I-71. Other than <laughs> Denzel Ward, like, that's, that's pretty much things. it. I mean, we drafted... Um, Dewan Jones, and then at 190, we got uh, Luke Weipler, and then we also signed, I'm forgetting, he, he was their starting safety. I forgot him. We signed him as an undrafted free agent. I mean, you know, for the first time since like 2018, when we got Denzel Ward and Carlos Hyde, yeah. we, we have Ohio State Buckeyes, which oh, is. Oh, man. I forgot about Carlos Hyde on the it's, Browns. It's a vibe, man. Oh, well, not Carlos Hyde, but like, you know, Buckeyes in Cleveland. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Big 126. We'll move <laughs> on from that. Defensive end, Isaiah McGuire from Missouri. He was the eighth player from Missouri to be drafted by the Browns. Matt, I'll go right to you again here. What do you think about McGuire? He was a guy that was mocked to us at pick number 98, and he kind of fell down the board consistently. I mean, he was a very decent starting defensive end in the SEC. Uh, You know, again, he's a fourth-round pick. I'm not trying to, like, you know, gaslight myself or the listeners too much into him. I think he's going to be a rotational piece with Oboe Okoronkwo. Because, uh, you know, there's still questions if Oboe can be an every-down player. But, you know, a solid rookie season for him would be five and a half to eight sacks. You just contribute in the run game. I mean, I, I like it for the value. Lon, anything to add on Isaiah McGuire's game? Um, Yeah, should be good uh, for defense also. And um, he's not as big as, like, the previous guy we were talking about. Only coming in at 6'4", 276 pounds. But hopefully it should be uh, good for our defense. Yeah, certainly. I think it is just a depth piece here. I give it a B grade. I'm not sure what you guys had for it. Yeah, I give it a B, too. All right. Yeah, sure. I agree. Then pick 140. We went quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson from the UCLA Bruins. Fun fact, a high school teammate of Cedric Tillman, our number one over, not number one, 
it's, our, it's so our, tricky. Our first our pick, first of, pick the draft, of the yes. draft. It's so hard now that the Browns don't have first-round draft picks like I'm accustomed to. Usually it's like, this is our Super Bowl usually. I know. Now it's like a little lackluster. Exactly. But nonetheless, we draft DTR. Matt, what do you think about the pick? Yeah, I like it. Uh, from what you're in at UCLA, it's kind of what it's being thrown out of the Browns might run this year with Watson, you know, given a full offseason, a lot more just quick games spread out, uh, get the ball open in space, not necessarily push the ball downfield as much. In an, He's a solid backup option. I still think Josh Dobbs is going to be your uh, every Sunday backup, I guess. Maybe you can stash DTR on your practice squad for the season and hopefully he works out. He's a bit undersized. I mean... He's a fifth-round quarterback. If he's stepped on the field, something has gone uh, terribly wrong. <laughs> I mean, that is it. one yeah. good way to put it. Uh, is he just going to be like the long-term backup option for Deshaun Watson? Is that really yeah, what basically, we're looking like? He's, he's going to be like the preseason yeah. vibes guy. It's like, you know, no one's going to remember. But for August, like in August, he'll give SportsCenter some content. He'll have like a really cool run and then like a weird play while or scramble. I mean... If he, if he ever sees the field in the regular season, something's gone terribly wrong. Yeah, fair enough. Pick 142, two picks after Dorian Thompson-Robinson was selected. We have Cameron Mitchell, cornerback from Northwestern, taking your former teammate of Greg Newsome. What do you guys think about this pick? I didn't understand it at all. Uh, we usually carry six cornerbacks uh, with Cam Mitchell. We only have one that's ever played the slot, and that's Greg Newsome, and he's... Uh, expressed his uh, di- displeasures played in the slot. Uh, so unless Cam Mitchell can somehow play a position he's never played before, you're going to have to be rolling with A.J. Green as your starting nickel corner. With Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, or Martin Emerson, one of those guys would be on the bench to start. I, I-, I thought it was a bit of a wasted pick. I don't know. All right, fair enough. And then we have Luke Whipler from Ohio State. You already mentioned his name, Matt. This was our last pick in the draft. Only one sack allowed in his career in 965 snaps. You can't fault the Browns for taking offensive line depth here. But what do you think about the pick? Yeah, well, so another fun fact I saw. Every year that Barry and Stefanski have been uh, with this team, they have drafted a wide receiver and a center in the draft. And some people were giving them a bit of heat for it, but I understand completely why. Uh uh, because, uh, sorry, Dawson Deaton and Nick Harris both have suffered a terrible knee injuries in the past couple of years. Uh, so, you know, Nick Harris's contract, this is the last year for him, and Dawson Deaton was a seventh-round pick last year. You don't really have any expectations for him at all. So I uh, completely understand why. Yeah, fair enough. And this brings us to our Around the Rue question of the week. We usually don't do Around the Rue this early, but it just made sense. Of course, Around the Rue, where we debate around the table and bring it to you from our Twitter page, at WZIP Sports. This question is simple. What's your grade for the Browns' 2023 NFL Draft? Pro Football Focus gave nine teams a grade of A or A-. minus. The Browns were one of those teams. Our four options here are going to just be A, B, C, and D because Twitter is stupid. You don't get more than four options. You don't get A pluses, A minuses. It's just A, B, C, or D. So, Lana, I'll go to you first here. What is your grade for the Cleveland Browns and their performance in the draft? I'll give it like a B. There were some good things, and I don't know. For a team that's you know really focused on Deshaun Watson, I'll get, that, I'll get into that a little bit later, but... Yeah, for a team that's really focused on Deshaun Watson, um, they had some good picks. And, yeah, we'll see how this uh, ends up this season. All right. A B from Lana Sal. Matt, where do you lie with the Browns draft? 
Yeah, every year I gaslight myself into giving them an A plus. I think <laughs> last, I think this, this, I think this is like the one year anniversary for me last year because my first ever show was the draft recap. Uh, and uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, uh, but you know, this year I'm I'm not gonna fall victim to my own self. I'm not gonna hurt myself this year. I'm gonna give them a B minus uh, again. I understand the value of the picks you got. Uh, Dewan Jones and Cedric Tillman were probably my favorite picks of the night, but outside of that, I really don't see any much rotational value or you know it's, it's kind of just depth at this point so i mean not much you can do when your first picks at 74 right i have to agree with you guys i gave them a b plus but of course that falls into the b bracket on our twitter page that around the root question that poll is live right now on twitter go there right now at wcib sports and let us know how you think the browns did in the 2023 nfl draft leave your grade and then also comment at us say what picks you liked most what picks the browns could have done better with we'll move on from the browns and talk about the first round of the nfl draft finally got that right this time a round that the browns did not participate in we'll talk picks one through ten number one overall carolina panthers qb bryce young from alabama no surprise here matt what do you think about bryce young to the panthers this was the consensus pick of the draft i think outside of that one reddit thread that had will levis uh something or levis thought he would go number one everyone in their right mind thought it was going to be bryce young he probably has uh the highest floor of any player in this draft uh, at the same time i mean you know high floor quarterbacks don't always have the highest ceiling but for what carolina needs i think he's going to be very sufficient for this season i don't like carolina's wide receiver room like as constructed but it's an incredibly weak division i don't see why bryce young you know with the combination of miles sanders and uh he, uh he has dj chark adam thielen both are veterans hayden hurst too i don't see why that team couldn't potentially win eight games in a weak division maybe contend for a wild card spot could they win the division well winning that division is not the accomplishment you well, think it is sure. not only is it the nfc but it's also the worst division in the nfc i mean you're gonna play a Kyle Trask led Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice. A, a Baker Des- Mayfield a, a, led. Oh, sorry, Tampa oh, so Bay Baker, Buccaneers. Baker, Come on now. A Baker Mayfield Tampa Bay Buccaneers team twice. So we probably split that. Okay. okay, you play a Andy Dalton led New Orleans Saints team twice. Would be Derek Carr? No, Derek Carr. I, I'm blanking, man. I'm, I'm having a rough day. I got so much stuff to do this week. I can't remember <laughs> all the quarterback trades. But I'll get this one right for sure. A Desmond Ritter led Falcons team. Yeah, it's an incredibly terrible division. I mean, they could easily win six games in that division alone, and then if they could accidentally win two or three more, they, they might be a playoff team. Sure. Lana, what do you think about Bryce Young, Alabama going number one overall? Um, I think it's an okay pick, only just because, I don't know, he seems a little undersized at a quarterback. Like, I feel like quarterbacks should be more like, you know, six foot, you know, or taller. And he's listed at like 5'10". Yeah, he's 5'10", 185. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just, I, that's the, the only thing I'm a little bit, but, you know, there's been people that they've proved that they may be undersized and stuff, and they do a great job uh, in sports. But, yeah, we'll see. All right, yeah, let's do picks two through five, and let's get right into our winners and losers before we had to break. The Texans select QB C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. You love to see it as an Ohio fan here. Guys, what do you think, C.J. Stroud to the Texans? I don't, again, terrible division. Terrible division. He will be, uh, his his receiving courts, it's, it's okay. I mean, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, Noah Brown, and Dalton Schultz. 
Uh, not the worst. Certainly not good either. Uh, John Mechie's coming back, so we can finally see what he can do. Again, terrible division. He'll get to play Tennessee twice, Indy twice, and another team. I'm, I'm blanking, man. I'm, I'm forgetting everything in the AFC and NFC South. Jaguars? Yeah, the Jaguars. Yeah, the Jaguars. The actual good team in that division. See, I, I got you. Yeah, got thank you, you Jake. Uh, you know, Stroud, he... He's like a faster Jared Goff. Again, I think he has another high floor. He's he's another high floor guy. I don't necessarily know if this moves the needle for the Texans long term, but it's nice to have a you know at least a, an idea of who your quarterback's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think CJ Stroud to the Texans was the right move here. They get their franchise quarterback guy. They not only do that. But they trade up to pick number three overall, and they also get Will Anderson Jr., Edge from Alabama, arguably arguably the best defensive player in this draft, I would oh, say. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think that's very fair to say. If not one, he's two or three. I, this, was, this was the best Texans move they made that day, trading up from 12 to three. Uh, that took some cojones because not only did they have to work out that trade, they had to work out that trade while they were also picking Stroud at two. Uh, so you go... In the uh, mock draft episode, I very much uh, insulted the Texans' competency. Uh, so they kind of proved me wrong here. So, Their own little version of draft day here. Yeah, good job, Nick Casario. What do you think about the Texans' draft picks here, Lana? Yeah, I think they're good for both. Because, um, honestly, I was a little shocked that C.J. Stroud didn't go first. So um, just because I feel like you know, he's a bigger quarterback and more athletic and stuff, in my opinion. So, um, uh, yeah, I just think it's wins. And I have them as my one of my winners uh, for Houston because they just did a good job on getting these big important pieces for the rest of their team franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Little Texans draft day movie episode here yeah. for what they did in the 2023 NFL draft. Pick number four, the Indianapolis Colts select QB Anthony Richardson from Florida. Matt, I actually don't know your opinions on Anthony Richardson. Oh, I love Anthony Richardson. Interesting. I do you love, love the fit? In the, in oh, the, in yes. Okay. Even even if uh, you know his uh, throwing ability, it's it's a, it's slow to develop. Uh, his legs combined with Jonathan Taylor, that team can at least be a top five rushing offense this year. Worst case scenario, because uh, Anthony Richardson, he's built like Cam Newton, Josh Allen, and like a bull. He's just huge and muscular and strong. As soon as he can, you know, get his throwing mechanics set. I, he's he's going to be an incredible quarterback. His potential is through the roof. He's going to be with Josh Allen and Brian Cam Newton are. Yeah, and Colts head coach, uh, previously mentored Jalen Hurts. So you kind of get that similar. Yeah, wor- yeah, worst case scenario, they are a top five rushing offense. Best case scenario, yeah. they have found a Josh Allen level quarterback. All right, fair enough. We'll leave the first round there. Let's get into the winners and losers of the 2023 NFL Draft because a lot of these first-round picks are probably going to be in our winners and losers, but we're going to have fun with this, guys. We're not just going to pick winners and losers from teams. We're going to throw some players in there, some other things in there. So let's have fun with winners and losers of the 2023 NFL Draft. Lana, I'll go to you first for your winners. Okay, for my winners, I have the Texans because they they have C.J. Stroud and Molly Anderson, and these these should be good picks for the rest of their franchise. And my other two winners are the Eagles 
um, because they have a good defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, and this should also be good news for our 2023 Super Bowl runner-ups. And um, then I also have, as my last winner, the Seattle Seahawks because they have a good cornerback, uh, Devin Witherspoon, and they also got Ohio State's own wide receiver, Jackson Smith, and this should be good pairing up for, like, DK Metcalf and the other good uh, cornerbacks and receivers that they have um, for the Seattle Seahawks. All right. Those are Lana Sal's winners. Matt, I'll go to you. Yeah, my fun winner, it was Twitter. Uh, just, you know, the Will, Le- the Will Levis memes, uh, you know, when Denver took Riley Moss in the third round and uh, when Stetson Bennett was picked, uh, the, the memes on there were phenomenal. And anything, nothing was off limits on draft day, and it was probably the uh, most entertaining time on Twitter. You just said one of my winners too. Stetson Bennett is one of my winners oh, of the boy. NFL draft. Some, just for the, being drafted. The Rams, the Rams just loved undersized quarterbacks with videos of them escaping police. Yeah, they got their water boy for the next four years. They, yeah, congrats. Yeah, I, I try to make a Baker joke. He didn't bite. Mm. Uh, anyway, my other win, my other winners, Philly. I mean, they got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith as a Super Bowl runner up, and they also got DeAndre Swift on day three via trade. It's not Wild. fair how good Howie Roseman is. Uh, and my last winner is the Las Vegas Raiders. They got two top twenty prospects without doing anything. Uh, Tyree Wilson fell to them at seven somehow in our mock drafts. We never had him going past four. And Michael Mayer being the third or fourth tight end taken at pick number thirty five uh, to replace Darren Waller. Uh, ineptitude should not be rewarded like this, and it was. Yeah, I also have the Eagles as a winner. Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith from Georgia both going to Philly. Every now and then, we question how a single team in a draft got a player in the first round, yet alone two players in the first round. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what happened here with the Eagles. Their defense was already ranked second overall last season. They made the Super Bowl last season, so... I mean, the sky is the limit for the Eagles going into next year. And then my third winner, aside from Stetson Bennett and the Eagles, I hate to say it, but it's Joey Porter Jr. This yeah. feel-good story, I this, hate no, the Steelers. This is like draft day. It's like, remember, Ray Jennings went to his dad's team, yeah. and now Joey Porter Jr. gets to go to his dad's team. Yeah, he's getting to play on the same team as his dad. He was the first pick of the second round of the draft. Like I said, I hate the Steelers, but this was a cool moment for the Penn State corner. We go to our losers now, which are oftentimes more fun than the winners. Lon, I'll go to you. Who are your losers of the draft? Um, so, unfortunately, I have the Browns as one of the losers just because I I just feel like they're, they're, they're uh, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that. They've been supporting Deshaun, like, so much. And I'm like, okay, I feel like we're a little bit jumping the gun. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, whenever, like, the, when, <laughs> when we were at pick number 12 and they put that photo of Deshaun Watson putting on the hat and it's like, we got our guy. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, okay, so you so, saw too. Like, okay, maybe, maybe read the room there a little bit. Yeah. Didn't they do it in the second round, too, with Elijah Moore? Yeah, that one's less problematic because Elijah sure. Moore doesn't have 27 uh, yeah. lawsuits again filed against him. But Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you so, see, yeah, I, I get it, Lana. <laughs> yeah, so I just feel like they're really jumping the gun here. And, yeah, read the room. I mean, he he he's... He has the lawsuits and stuff, as Matt mentioned. And um, 
I also have the Bengals just because I feel like this draft wasn't really, you know, anything for them. Did we really even get any any like weapons? I, I don't really think so. And we need Joe Burr needs some help. You know what I'm saying? Because I want them to go to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. And I, I hope that'll be good. And then, as you mentioned uh, earlier, the Will Levis memes. I feel like all those were losing um, memes and stuff. Do like we that, all? So. Have I think Will we all Levis have Will. Yes, yes, we okay. all do. We're, I mean, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee, and he expected to go top five. I mean, there was less than a one percent chance that he would fall to the second round. And here we are. And not only did the Titans, I think they traded up to get him, right? They traded up in the second round. Yeah. yeah. So they traded up in the second round to get him, and then head coach Mike Vrabel said that he was quarterback three. <laughs> I mean, that's a rough weekend oh, for Will Levis. Oh man, Mike Vrabel's trying to get fired so he can go coach Ohio State. Do you blame him? No, exactly not at all. All right, Matt, you're losers. Uh, outside of Will Levis, I have the Atlanta Falcons. I don't understand taking Bijan Robinson at eight. Uh, their running game last year with Tyler Algier, they ran for almost five yards a carry. I don't know how you can top that and you burn the eighth overall pick. Uh, you go tackle at 38, uh, didn't really move it. Uh, the uh, Bergeron pick didn't really do anything for me. I was really low on him compared to other tackles. Uh, and Zach Harrison in the third round, meh. Clark Phillips in the fourth, okay, but... Having no picks from between round four and seven, that's uh, that's detrimental. They really didn't capitalize the way they should. All right, my losers, obviously, aside from Will Levis, are schools outside the Power Five. For the first time in the common draft era, every first-round pick came from one of the five major conferences. And then my other loser is Robbie Gold of the 49ers because yeah. – San Francisco 49ers took kicker kicker in the third round. Jake Moody from Michigan, 99th overall. We got bullied for taking Cade York in like 120, and they pick one in round three. I baffles me. It's not even like Robbie Gold is all that bad. I mean, he's certainly aging, but I think he's a pretty good kicker. But kicker in round three, that was their first pick. (laughs) It was a kicker. That it was, Matt. And that does it for our winners and losers and all of our analysis from the 2023 NFL Draft here on Sports Power Talk. Matt, let the listeners know where they can find more NFL Draft content from WZIP Sports. Oh, yeah. We have a uh, draft, mock draft series. Well, the mock drafts are probably irrelevant right now, but if you want to go look at some cold takes, you can just search SBT Overtime's mock draft segment anywhere you can find your podcasts, and we will have a new episode out to you by Wednesday with our draft recap. That will actually be the relevant one, so... Listen to that one if you're going to make fun of me. Yeah, there we go. Listen to that episode this coming week for even more NFL draft analysis. That'll do it for us, though. When we come back from our first break, don't go anywhere. We unfortunately have to talk about the Cavs' end of their season and the rest of the NBA playoffs. Also, some breaking news. Julius Randle will be out of game one against the Miami Heat. We'll talk about all that and more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Power Talk. Everyone, welcome back to the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. You're tuning in to Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Mern, the host of your show today. And today I'm joined by Matt Pramuka. Well, how are we doing, Mr. Murren? We're doing great. That was a fun break, wasn't it, Matt? It really was. We talked about the uh, Taylor Swift era store the whole time. I mean, I'm going myself. I'm getting ready, man. I'm like, I'm seven weeks till my concert. I'm so excited. Do you have like a countdown on your phone? Days till T-Swift? I mean, I I could 
easily get an app that would do that. But I mean, I waited six hours in that queue. I am just, I'm going to flaunt that I got tickets on initial, on initial release day for the rest of my life. Hey, you deserve it, man. You deserve it. And second joining us, it is Boom Boom Pow, Lana Sal. Hello, hello. I'm really mad at Matt right now for just, like, <laughs> rubbing it in everyone's face that he's going. Um, and I'm unfortunately not going. So it's okay, Swifties that are listening to us. Um, I'm not going either. So it's okay. So, like, do the TikTok live streams make it any better for you guys? Like, when you turn, if you don't, like, somebody that doesn't have tickets like Lana, does that make you feel a little bit better being able to watch those TikTok live streams and be able yeah. to at least witness it a little bit? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And then also sometimes people upload stuff on YouTube yeah. or Twitter, you know, so, yeah. How about you, Matt? I mean, you're going... Yeah, so I'm also, like, following the TikTok trends. My favorite trend, it's, like, it's all the men at the Eras Tour, and it's just, like, how there is absolutely no line in the restrooms at all, and how it's just, like, it's a ghost <laughs> town in there. That's my favorite trend. I have not made a TikTok in, like, three years. If When, when I go this summer, I will continue that trend if it were to be applicable still. What do you think about these proposals at these Taylor Swift concerts? You for them or you not for them? Ah, if you're in, like, the pit... No. Yeah. Okay. Lana? I'm for them, for what? sure. Yeah. Because that's so cute to, like, show that public affection, right? And, you know, in front of everyone at this amazing, you know, tour that, like, that everyone freaking fought tickets for, you know, so. But I the thing is, cute. when you think back to your Eras tour, are you going to think about Taylor Swift or are you going to think about, oh, I got proposed to and engaged that day. Yeah, both, hopefully, right? Like, I don't know. I feel story. like it takes away from the tour a little bit. You're there for Taylor Swift. You're the no, the man no, there no, Gabe, doesn't matter. Jake, you're starting your you're you're starting your engagement era. I mean Yes. Yes. That's a pretty and, good line. and now That's she's good line. now she's bejeweled. <laughs> wow. Wow. The Taylor Swift puns on Sports Power Talk today. I'm having such a fun time right now. Well, I mean it, <laughs> It makes sense. I mean, if you do want to get proposed to at a Taylor Swift concert, how do you get a ring through security, though? That's my number one question. How do you do that? Yeah, that's that's a good question. How do you that do is... it without it being... Because you're going to stand right next to her. Yeah. Okay. No no idea how you would even go about doing Look, that. Dude, I don't even know there were proposals at this thing. I like. Oh, I feel like every single concert I'm seeing another proposal at a Taylor Swift concert. Maybe, yeah, we're, just on a di- maybe we're just on a different side of TikTok. Maybe. Are you seeing these? Am, am I crazy? Are you seeing these yes. proposals, Lana? Yes, I'm seeing them. Yes. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> should we leave the Taylor Swift conversations there, guys, or should we keep on going? We have this is a Taylor I Swift mean, show. Sports talk, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Let's see what the ratings do, and then we'll decide. Yeah, we'll see what the ratings... At the very least, I think we've been entertaining, and that's all that matters, Can right? Can we do a weekly SPT Eras Tour update? Yes. Eh, why not? Yes. Hey. As long as one of the, us three are on it, I don't see why not. Throw okay. a little Taylor Swift into Sports Power Talk. I'm sure we'd, 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 we would reach a whole nother target audience with that. We would start, I think po- that's we would, we would start poaching from the entertainment reboot. <laughs> there we go. There we go. What a great way to build our following. Let's move on. Let's get into sports. That's what you all came here for. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. We're having so much fun and... Now we're just going to go down this rabbit hole of the Cleveland Cavaliers and their Game 5 loss against the New York Knicks, which brought their season to a very abrupt end. Guys, what's the number one reason for the Cavs' first-round exit? I'm going to say ego. 
I think this team kind of anointed themselves as like as like they had arrived well before they had. If you would listen to just how you know JB or Donovan or Garland would talk about this team uh, prior to the playoff game, they or the series. I mean, they sound like they were established, like they had already proved themselves amongst the league. What in reality, I mean, clearly you weren't. Clearly, I mean, you got embarrassed on your home court. You, there were you scored triple digits one time in that entire series. It was just an embarrassing effort, and I think a lot of that was just they, they thought they were better than what they were. I mean, even Ricky Rubio at his end of season press conference said they were the better team. The Knicks just wanted it more. Like they're making every excuse in the book, and even their body language during the series, they kind of like, okay, well. When's Donovan going to turn it on so, you know, we can come back from this 25-point deficit because we're going to pretend like it's a regular season game in February, and it wasn't. And now they're not playing basketball anymore. Yeah, it was a rough way to end the season. I think a lot of Cavs fans expected us to beat the Knicks, and if we lost the Knicks, at least not have it happen in Game 5 at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That's exactly what happened. What's the reason why our season is over now, Lana? Um... One word, and that is effort. Okay, literally no effort at all. Okay, we have two seven-footers on our team, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Okay, and they can't grab a rebound? Like, if they they can't grab a rebound, then that's how you know that we're in a situation because they're seven-foot, right? You just grab the rebound. Just (laughs) literally use your hands, box out first. Box out, clear the area. Actually put a body on someone, okay? And then rebound, like grab the ball with your hand, like jump up, grab the ball with your hand. Okay, do the Torian I, Prince bit. I just can't. I just Please really tell me can't. Understood that reference. The no. Torian. Oh, I am sorry. Go on, I don't, Lana, Go on. And um, I just can't because Mitchell Mitchell Robinson from the New York Knicks, his last game. Okay, guys, the last game. He played 36 minutes, had 13 points, and 18 rebounds. 18. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jared Allen only had the last game. The last game. Game five. Game five. Jared Allen only had four points, four rebounds. Like, are you serious? Like, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Like, I'm done. Wow. Lana style going off here on SBC. Yeah, I was Matt. usually Lana's like the really optimistic one. I mean, I know she said it perfectly. I mean, Mobley and Allen in Game Five combined for ten points and thirteen rebounds. You're two seven footers, and then uh, you know uh, Jared Allen's infamous "the lights were brighter than we thought they would be." Quote: How can you say that? As a professional athlete, and not only like as Jared and Jared Allen specifically, he's been in th- that was his third playoff series of his career. If anyone on this team was going to, like, expect what a playoff series would be like in the Garden, I would suggest maybe it's the guy that played for a New York team in two playoff series. Again, I think it's the three E's, ego, effort, and egregiousness. I made up the third one right now because I said three E's. Everything sounds better in threes, Everything. I know. It was was egregious. It was – that's no other way to describe that series. I'm I'm mad now. I was having so much fun talking about the draft and Taylor Swift, and now the Cavs lost, and now I'm mad again. Should we just bring back the Taylor Swift conversation? No, we're gonna listen yes. to the all too well ten minute version. That's <laughs> okay. what this is like. I I was that and after we lost Game Five. I did listen to the all too well ten minute version. 
I'm not kidding. I How was that, that angry. Feel? I was so angry. I was driving back from my mom's house, and it's like, I I was so mad. Every I was feeling every emotion that night. Bad bad day to be a Cav fan. Did you listen to all too well after the Cavs lost, Lana? Yes, for sure. Okay. Fellow Swifties and Cavalier fans, I bet you they can agree, too. Fair enough, guys. Yeah, everyone thought it, the Cavs' lack of experience would hold them back. Instead, I mean, you guys covered it very well. It was our will to win. That's what it was. The Knicks wanted it more, and it was the lack of physicality that lost us the series, that lost us the season, and that lost us the season convincingly at home where the Cavs were so good all year long. It's egregious. It's unacceptable. And you hate to see the Cavs lose Game 5 at home to the New York Knicks. And I hate to ask this question to you guys. Is this season a failure? No, don't ask that question. Because you sound like the... Has you, have you guys seen that Giannis clip? Yeah, we're going to talk about yeah, it in a little bit. Yeah, the don't ask that question. Because hopefully you can learn from things, right? Because then it won't be a failure, okay? So hopefully the Cavs learned from this, Okay. Please learn from your mistakes. Unlike unlike game one, and then you guys aren't learning. You guys are just continuing. You're you're not rebounding the whole series. Actually learn from this. Okay, this is painful, right? Actually learn from this, so then we can actually advance. You know, next season. Okay, so this season is not a failure. Okay, because we're gonna learn from this. Okay, and I hope the Cavs figure this out and. Uh, I'm optimistic for next season. And I just really wish that this wasn't how it ended. Yeah, at the end of the day, it was a 51-31 and 31 season. A great regular season for the Cavs just did not show up at or in the NBA playoffs at all where you have to show up. Matt, I know Lana says it wasn't a failure. Shouldn't even ask that question. You're on SBT. What are your thoughts? I mean, when you give up three first-round picks for an all-NBA-level player... And you get bounced in five. It, it it's hard to look at the re- like, it's hard to look at the regular season and not sure. have all of that washed away by just whatever that five games of basketball was. Like I, again, this this team made progress, but I I don't want the moral victories of oh we did it without LeBron. Like I I hate that argument. Uh, you traded for a guy that was in the MVP mix and you got bounced in five. I mean, yes, that's a failure. Mm-hmm. This, this season, in hindsight, will be looked at as a failure. And especially now, like, if you can't get Donovan Mitchell back, if you can't sign him long-term, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to look back at this whole trade and wonder, like, where it all went wrong. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Matt. To Lana's point, there is a lot that you can build on and learn from this season. But, yes, it is isn't inherently a failure when expectations are set and you don't meet those expectations it's considered a failure expectations were to make it to the second round and compete against one of the best teams in the east before ending your season and we get bounced in the first round against the new york knicks of all teams and it seems like jalen brunson just has donovan donovan mitchell's number so far not donovan people's jones we already talked about him donovan mitchell this is this is the past two seasons where a Jalen Brunson team has eliminated a Donovan Mitchell yeah. team in five games. It, it's just a wild reality that we live in for the NBA playoffs. And I'll ask you guys this about Donovan Mitchell because maybe this is a hot take that I have, but are the Cavs ever going to be true contenders led by Donovan Mitchell? They have to extend him. Uh, if, if 
That, okay, so his contract, there's three years left. There's 20, what's, what's 23, 24, 24, 25, and a player option in 26, 27. He's obviously going to decline the player option. He's eligible for a max extension after next season. If he does not want to sign a long-term extension with you, then no, he's not going to because he's not going to be here long-term and you're going to have to trade him during the final year of his contract so you don't lose him for nothing. It all really depends on how next year's playoff run ends. Like next year, if we somehow get our act together and we go to the Eastern Conference Finals, then yeah, I think he'd want to stay here long term and sign an extension. Then yeah, we'd be looked at as a contender. But uh, I mean, until he's here long term, I am not going to list this team as a contender. I think that's a fair argument to be made. I guess my hot take with this is when I think of NBA superstars right now capable of leading their team to an NBA championship, I don't think of Donovan Mitchell. But you think of a guy that lost to the Miami Heat in five. I do. I do think of Giannis. Right. So, I, mean, I, I, look, I think the NBA is still very guard dominant. I think Mitchell could, I mean, Mitchell, Mitchell with Mobley as his second best player instead of Garland, I think is a different story. Uh, as constructed, I would agree. It's just so hard. I It's hard for me to watch Donovan Mitchell because I have LeBron James expectations, right? Because as a Cavs fan, I grew up watching LeBron James. And you don't get better of an NBA superstar on your team than LeBron James. So when you expect that same type of caliber play, it's hard to think of Donovan Mitchell as a guy who can lead your team to an NBA championship. And there's game after game after game where I call Donovan Mitchell a selfish basketball player, but... He's the leader of our team. He's our NBA superstar. That's how he should be playing. It's just to me, it's hard because he's not ever going to reach that max that obviously LeBron James has played with his entire career. Lana, what do you think? Are, there, are Will the Cavs ever be a true title contender with Donovan Mitchell? I do think that there is the possibility that they can be true contenders led by Donovan Mitchell, right? Because... Yes, not LeBron type of team, okay? that LeBron is amazing, and in my book for sure now, like, he is the GOAT. Um, he has carried, like, crazy, crazy Cav rosters, you know, to the finals numerous times. And, like, sometimes the second best player was, like, you know, an aging Kevin Love, you know what I'm saying? And yet LeBron still carried that. And speaking about Kevin Love, why did we just let him go? That's another reason why I'm so mad at the Cavs. Why? Kevin Love is a reason for sure, you can't deny this, that Miami Heat advanced and beat the Bucks. So I'm really mad at the Cavs for that. And um, so going back to this Donovan Mitchell thing, though, um... If our young core, like if the if Evan Mobley can, you know, play consistently and do his job consistently, and if Darius Garland can continue being the bright star that he is, and if Donovan Mitchell can also, you know, average like, you know, the 30 points and stuff like that that he was doing before, then for sure this team is like contending, for sure. Jared Allen, we'll talk about that later, okay? But I have some other ideas when it comes to Jared Allen. Well, let's talk about it, Lana. What do you think about Jared Allen? I think we should look into trades. I'm not going to lie. Because, because like I just said, your last game, okay, you knew probably this could be the last game, and your 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 last game effort is four points and four rebounds? 
That's unacceptable. You're seven foot, man. You are seven foot. You can naturally grab rebounds. And you know what I thought was funny? There was this like one Twitter thing. It was like who's and it was like anonymously asking who's the most like useless NBA players or whatever. And they said that Rudy Gobert was was uh, useless because he's seven foot and then it's easy to ra- grab rebounds. I guess it's not easy to grab rebounds when you're seven foot, uh, Jared Allen. So that's all I gotta say. Matt, you were I mean, pumping your fists over there. Yeah, I mean, she, what do you think? I, I would love a Jared Allen trade. I think for too long he's kind of just gotten by here in this town with good graces because you know he's he's got positive vibes, uh, not really much on the court. He really like, he, even last season. I mean, he's an, he's an athletic big. Uh, those don't really work out well in the playoffs because he's athletic, but he can't guard a one through five. He he. he 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 was a liability this series. Let's call it what it is. Cam Robinson had his number in every regard. If you could get a Jared Allen two or three for one and get a starter and two bench pieces for Allen, I, I think you'd be stupid not to do that. And you already mentioned the comment he made after game five saying that the lights were yeah, too bright that, for him. That doesn't help his trade value. No. Uh, so, really you know, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it's tough right now, and I do like Jared Allen. I think a lot of Cavs fans do, aside from, obviously, his performances in this playoff series against the Knicks. He was productive all year. I don't think you have to move on from a guy after a rough five-game stretch. Of course, that five-game stretch was the most important five-game stretch of the entire season. I understand it that. It, it was it was pitiful. It was not just like a rough stretch. No, like, it was. It was, and instead, I think maybe getting a legitimate backup big man would help a lot on this team instead of having Robin Lopez Robin Lopez as your sideline cheerleader for every single game of the regular season and into the playoffs. Like, let's yeah, get an yeah. actual backup big man. All, big all Robin Lopez did, I mean, he'd just fight Moondog. Like, that was the thing. Like, I went yeah. to, like, seven Cavs games this year, and he would always be fighting Moondog. It would be during a timeout, and JB's actually drawing up a play, and he's just fighting with Moondog. And that's our backup center. Yeah. You know, Brooke Lopez, I mean, his brother is, like, having an incredible season, and there's just Robin that looks like a hippie fighting a mascot dog. That so he does. That I, he does. I would, you know, a backup big, sign me up. You know what the greatest thing Robin Lopez did at, with his time with the Cleveland Cavaliers? When Remember he won- that backup, like, that shot he made behind yes, his head? Yes, when he was falling down. When he was falling down, down yes. the ground, his back was facing the hoop. That was one of the most absurd shots I've ever seen from a Cleveland Cavalier, and it came from Robin Lopez. See, it's cool like when Robin Lopez provides good vibes because we don't expect anything out of him. But when Jared Allen, our other center with big hair, provides good vibes and then doesn't do anything, <laughs> that's the bad thing because he's supposed to be an all-star caliber player. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He should be an all-star. So he wasn't playing like that at all. I'm very, very disappointed. All right, guys, but quickly before we go to break, I do want to bring J.B. Bickerstaff into the conversation. A lot of people, I think you're either on one side or the other. You either want to get rid of J.B. Bickerstaff or you want to hold on to him. I'm curious to see what you guys think. I think I think J.B. and Kobe Altman are kind of tied together currently. Yeah. I, th- I think they're a package deal. I think I don't think J.B.'s gone unless Kobe Altman's gone. Because I don't think Kobe Altman would fire, you know, his own hire. I, I really don't think that to be the case. And as long as Kobe Altman can keep building a consistent roster, 
unfortunately, I think J.B. Bickerstaff's going to be here uh, for at least the remainder of Kobe Altman's tenure. Yeah, and Kobe Altman credited J.B. for the Cavs' success this season, building the team's culture, and pretty much said that he isn't going anywhere. Is that the side that you align with here, Lana? No, I, I I wish we could. Like, I wish we could, you know, get rid of J.V. Bickerstaff. Wow, that's not okay. what I was expecting. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but... And, and I hate to throw shade at Kobe Altman, but he is a reason why, like, Kevin Love, they just got rid of him. So that was a bad move. And if we were looking for, you know, backup, like, people who would actually rebound... Uh, we just got rid of that person, so <laughs> I'm really disappointed, and I wish we could get rid of JB, and I'm really mad that we got rid of the wrong person, which was Kevin Love. Yeah, it'll be a interesting offseason for the Cleveland Cavaliers, that's for certain. We're going to head into our second break of today's Sports Power Talk. Welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. You're tuning in to Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Murn, the host of your show today. And today I'm joined by Matt Pramuka. How we doing, everybody? We're doing great, man. This is such an entertaining show. We're all having fun up here in the studio. Hopefully you're having fun listening as well. And second, boom, boom, pow, it is Lana's out. Hello, hello. All right, guys, we know a random Taylor Swift conversation to start segment three. We're just getting right back into the NBA playoffs, huh? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> More Taylor Swift conversations on uh, Entertainment Rebooted, right, Matt? I can make sure of that. I can I can promise you that down the line. All right, fair enough. Let's get right back into the NBA playoffs. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference side of things. We just talked about the Cavs and their disappointing end to the, re- or to the season here. Let's talk about Heat Bucks. Because this series, speaking of disappointments, yeah, speaking of disappointments here, game five, the Heat won one twenty eight to one twenty six in overtime on the road to win the series four one. I was watching this game with Logan Congrove. You poor guy. You well, poor, poor I guy. left with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter because oh. I was like, it is what it is. The Bucks are going to win. I oh. get home. Oh, no. I'm falling asleep, and I realize this game is in overtime, and the Heat are going to win. Wow. Yeah, it was a rough reality. That must have been... Wow, that must have been terrible. And now we get to listen to Logan Congrove talk about Heat culture more and more and more. Well, I have to say, I'm a believer now. That's what I want to talk about, Matt. Okay. Because you had a very disturbing comment in our group chat this week. Okay, when you first said that, I did not know what it was referencing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did I say something really terrible and offensive that like upset someone? I'm like, oh, well, oh, he just he just means heat culture. Okay. Yeah, it's a very disturbing thing okay. to say. But Lon also had this question to me when I sent out the outline. I had Matt's disturbing comment in the group chat in our SBT outline. Yeah, I mean, you have to wait. Today. Please word that better, man. Eh. You scared me to death. Eh. Why? Why? Disturbing. It was a very disturbing – because I can't say it because if I say it, Logan Congrove is going to cut it off and it's going to make it like seem like I said it. So, Matt, go ahead. Heat culture is hypothetically <laughs> real. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. I had to put a hypothetically in there. All right. So – Covering your bases a little bit. He'd have to really, he'd have to edit the audio so it's spliced a little bit, and then it sounds like he edited it. Oh, trust me. I think you could get away with it. Since you kind of had those pauses there, I yeah. think you could easily get rid of hypothetically, and it would sound just fine. Oh. 
Oh, man. I hate to break it to you, Matt. Another thing we're going to have to cut of today's show, along with you saying that you coped to the Game 5 loss for the Cavs with... All too well, 10-minute version. All too well, 10-minute version. Lana, please tell me heat culture isn't real. Make this right. (sighs) It's only a problem because Logan says that it's real or whatever. (laughs) It it would be like, yes, the Miami Heat played well, and it's because of Jimmy Butler, and he did good. It's just I can't stand Logan sometimes. I can't stand Logan all the time. (laughs) I mean, last week he was blasphemous on these airwaves saying that Giannis was less valuable to the Bucks than Tyler Hero to the Heat. Oh, gosh. And he, trust me, like, after shows, I can tell when Logan is just saying things to say things. Oh, he just says stuff a lot of the time. That's why, like, I can, like... That's why, like, after, like, a heated conversation, I'm like, okay, you don't really mean that. Right. And sometimes that does come out off the air. And I know we're kind of getting into our secrets here of WZIP Sports a little bit. But, Ooh. no, this last week. No, he meant that. Logan Cogrove meant this. Okay, Jake, can you, like, just explain what heat culture is in the best way you can? Because I think you've had this debate with anyone more than... What I think heat culture is? Well, you know, you've had this debate with Logan the most, so you're probably the most qualified outside of Logan to talk about... It's nothing. It doesn't exist. There's no substance What does Logan think it is? Something that the Heat have built over the years with Eric Spolstra that means winning games. I don't know. He wrote a whole paper about it and read it on air one time. I mean... Reference that if you want to hear what heat culture is. It just doesn't exist, man. It really doesn't. And the leader of heat culture, Udonis Haslam with a tech in game five, too. I mean, I know they still won the game, but I thought that was pretty funny as well. Yeah, it's let's let's actually talk about the game. Let's let's talk about the actual basketball. I mean, Jimmy game. Butler did have the series of his life. Yes. I'll yeah, give that him that. Is, uh, yeah, James Butler became Michael Jordan. Yeah. They uh, averaged 124 points per game in the series, the Miami Heat did. Absolutely insane. It was absolutely insane. But I want to talk about the Bucks. And I yeah. want to talk about Giannis and his post-game comments on if the Bucks season was a failure. We kind of brought it up last segment a little bit, but Giannis did not like that question. He was very passionate in his response. He said he compared the season being a failure to getting a promotion and a job to having a successful season. Working on goals isn't failure. There's steps to success, and there's no failure in sports. There's good days and bad days. I think that's the comment I disagree with most, but he got a lot of heat for this comment. What do you guys think about what Giannis had to say? Yeah, I think he's wrong. I th- with the Western Conference, as weak as it is this year, I thought they were the best team in the East. This was Giannis's chance to get a second ring. Like th- this was his best chance because I, if they had played Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals, I would have gone with Milwaukee in six. This was his best chance to get a second ring. Again, the West is incredibly weak. He he could have he could have won a second ring in Milwaukee, and that's that that's the biggest that's the most egregious part of all of this. How you know Miami's upset is it cost Giannis ring number two. Yeah, and there's nothing that I have against Giannis. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA, obviously, and honestly one of the best characters in the NBA as well. Nothing off the court to really complain about when it comes to Giannis, but this comment, there is failure in sports. But for him, after this game, to have those emotions and have those thoughts, I mean, that's where you want your star player to be. If he's down in the dump saying, yes, this was a failure, you don't really want to see that as a Bucks fan either. 
Lana, what do you think about this uh, Giannis? No, yeah, thing, I thing, agree. Thing here? Yeah, I agree with Giannis. Like, that's really harsh. Like, a failure is like, that's like, oh my gosh. Like, when you think of fail, failure, like, that's like, th- that's really extreme. Like, that's like saying, like, oh, I hate this. Like, hate is such a strong word, or saying things like that. So, like, I don't think the season was a failure because Giannis still, like, improved. The team still improves. And you still learn things from, from, Disappointments, you know what I'm saying? I, failure is like that's really harsh. I feel I do I do agree with Giannis. Like that was a stupid question to ask someone who's emotionally like disappointed about the outcome. So I feel like that was a stupid question to ask. Like was this season a failure? You shouldn't have asked that question. Like especially when you know that Giannis is like I don't really want to talk to any of you guys right now. I just want to go home. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the Bucks season was a failure, even though I kind of think it was. I'm just saying that there that failure does exist in sports. And that's the one comment that Giannis said that I disagreed with. Everything else I was fine with, because I guess there was some history with that reporter who asked the same exact question last offseason when they got eliminated from the playoffs. So I understand why he was so emotionally charged there in the moment. But, I mean, there, failure does exist in sports. Am I wrong? Well, no, you're right. It makes a lot more sense now, given that it was like journalism malpractice. I, I, I think every town has that. Well, every team has that. That guy. Yeah. That is just insufferable to the entire fan base and uh, aggravates the star players. Uh, we have them. In, I necess, I didn't necessarily agree with Giannis's comments, but um, I, I'm more inclined to agree with him now, given the uh, background information to that. I don't, like, so I don't agree, like, with what you say. Like, I don't know. Because if a fail, failure means, like, you don't learn something, in my opinion. Like, there are mistakes in sports, yes. But you, like, learn from mistakes and stuff like that. So, like, failing, it means, like, you didn't learn anything. Like, if you didn't learn anything, then, like, that's a problem. But, like, if you learn from it, then no, it's not a failure. So, I don't know. All right, well, we'll see what happens with the Bucks this offseason. Obviously, not what they intended on doing, not what the Cavs intended, intended on doing this NBA postseason either. Now the Heat will move on to play the Knicks. And could you imagine what a storybook series that would have been if it was Cavs Heat up here with WZI? We Sports? could be going I mean, to the on. Eastern Conference Finals, Jake. Oh, There's yeah, a very real me, shot. If we just remembered how to play basketball, we could be going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Instead, we lost in Game 5, and everybody hates the Cavs now. I would have just loved a Cavs-Heat playoff series up here. WZIP Sports, everybody pinned up against Logan Congrove, and then for him to be wildly disappointed when the Cavs win. I would have loved to see it. We can only dream. We can just go to play. We can play 2K together. That's true. That's true. (laughs) We can just do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Instead, it is Knicks-Heat Game 1. Believe starts today. Game one today at one o'clock. Julius Randle is out in game one. What do you guys think about this series and who wins game one today? You know, this series is going to be everything that we thought the Cavs Knicks series uh, was going to be. Uh, I would, I, I personally like Miami in seven. I think Jimmy Butler could be the uh, stopgap to Jalen Brunson's current success. I think. 
this series most likely is going to come down to Bam Adebayo and how he can handle, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson well, and Julius Randle, assuming Randle comes back at some portion in the series. Uh, but, you know, this is going to look like early 2000s basketball, low scoring, uh, defensively driven. It's, again, everything our series was supposed to be. Yeah, sure. I can't agree with that. Um, however, maybe I have the heat, like, hopefully just just winning in, like, five. Because then, then I feel like it will give, like, revenge for the Cavs. Because I'm just so annoyed with, the, with how the Knicks, like, play. Like, why would you allow the Knicks to, like... Do do the Cavs like that, man? So it's just really disappointing. So I do want the Heat to win in as few games as possible, just because I'm so mad at New York. And the same thing, the New York, New York. Like I swear they've just been having like a field day with Cleveland. Like we got eliminated for the Guardians by the Yankees. I mean that was depressing. And then we got eliminated now by like by the New York Knicks. So it's just so annoying. And Spike Lee, I know somewhere laughing. So very annoying. Well, thankfully, the Jets and Giants aren't very good. That's hey, something we'd hang our heads. Hey, remember we blew a thirty to seventeen lead against the Jets too. Oh, I hate yeah, you, I New York. About, I forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Matt. New York owns us. I'm going to be rooting for the Knicks in this series for obvious reasons, but I hate to say it. I think the Heat win I, in I, six games. I hate both sides to this equally. Oh, I do too. There's no winner here. My question to you guys, though, is does the winner of this series have a chance to make it no. to the finals? No. The answer is no. So, I no. I only think okay. this because Logan. Logan's the only reason why. Because I'm fine with Heat, but it's just Logan's annoying. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these three clips that I have on this other monitor that I've been playing all season long about Heat culture, those are going to come back and bite me so hard if the Heat make it back to the finals and... I just need the Knicks to pull it out. I need, I don't even want them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Could we have a Lakers Heat Finals outside of the bubble? No chance. I don't think the Lakers make it. I don't think the Heat make it. I love Bron Bron. Bron Bron can do no wrong <laughs> yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, LeBron is king. All right, so I think we're all leaning towards the Heat winning this series. The other series in the Eastern Conference here in the playoffs, it's Celtics 76ers. Boston won the regular season series against Philly 3-1. to Joel Embiid is listed as doubtful for Game 1. The series starts on Monday at 7.30. In, in your guys' eyes, is this kind of the Eastern Conference Finals? Celtics, 76ers? Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I think this conference, now that Milwaukee's gone, it's, it's Boston's to lose. Um, you know, Joel, if Joel Embiid's doubtful, I mean, this is going to be uh, an easy win for Boston. I don't think Tyrese Maxey and James Harden can provide any sort of comparable firepower to what Brown and Tatum and Marcus Smart and Al Horford can. Uh, you know, depending on when B- Embiid comes back, I could see the series maybe going six at the most. I just don't trust Joel Embiid's health this time of the year and Doc Rivers' coaching ability at this time of the year. I don't either, Matt. But I'm taking the 76ers in seven games because oh, wow. they're my pick to go to the finals. They have been, and I have to stick to it, man. I have to stick to it. I know. I respect it. But Logan you're is wrong. sticking with his Heat and Kings finals. Light the beam. Uh, the, don't even get me started. We're going to talk about that very soon. The same thing. Same thing. My finals prediction it's been Suns, 76ers. I have to stick with it like Logan is sticking with his. Londa, you're shaking your head no. What do you think? 
Like, I, again, I'm fine with, like, the whatever, the Heat and the Kings. It's just Logan's just so annoying. Like, if that is what the outcome is. Like, I love the Logan Slider so much. It's just Logan's so annoying, okay? And um, I, I, I don't want the Suns in the finals because Kevin Durant's really annoying. And it's really sad that, like... I looked up to him one one time, and you know the real you the real MVP like that is so iconic. And however, like now he's so just hopping from team to team. So I'm just annoyed with Kevin Durant. But I do hope like maybe it's like Celtics and Kings, <laughs> you know, just to just to but not we can't have... let the Kings go to the finals, Lana. That's the whole point. No, I so like who do you want? You you do want the Suns, like. I want the Suns because that was my prediction, but from your side, you should be rooting for, like, the Nuggets or something like that. Oh, or the Lakers. Yeah. You could root for the Lakers, just yes. not the Kings. Oh, yeah, yeah. The if Kings. you're against the Suns, also be against the Kings. Please. What, what? I'm only against the Kings because, like, Logan's just annoying, but exactly. the Kings are fine. The Kings are fine. Like, I want I want the Kings to beat Golden State. Because like, I'm mad at Golden State. I, I've always been that way. Just so annoying. I, I, they're, they're more annoying than Logan, in my opinion. And that's saying something. Well, trust me. If Logan is half right on his finals prediction, we're still going to hear all of it. Yeah, this whole conversation is basically, it's like the, it's, it's a headline from The Onion. And the title is, Heartbreaking. The worst person you know just made a great point. And I think that basically summarizes Logan's entire playoff predictions. Yeah. Everyone, like, there's just so much Logan slander right now. We want him to be wrong, but, I mean, if Sacramento wins today, I mean, he could be, he could be very close to being right. At the end of the day, we love you, Logan. We just have to give you a hard time, especially when you say the things on these airwaves that you say. And let's talk about the Warriors and Kings series and Game 7 today at 3.30. How do you guys see it going down? Who's going to the next round? Well, I was going to start screaming light the beam until I found out Scott Foster was the head official for today's games. And he absolutely hates Sacramento just as much as he hates Chris Paul. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go against all. I'm going to go against all forms of logic. I'm going to feed in. I'm going to enable Logan Congrove. Light the beam, De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, Malik Monk. Light the beam, baby. Sack Town in seven. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I don't like Logan, but the Kings, yes. Yes, I I want them to win. Take down Golden State. I'm done with their dynasty of nonsense and Draymond Green just harassing people. Like so unfair. So that's not how you play sports. Hurting people is not how you play sports. Okay. So light the beam. Go Kings. And I hope maybe they could even go to the finals. Light the beam. Light the beam. <laughs> Get out of here with hey, the light the no, beam. I'm, it's hey, I'm like Golden hey. State's Unlike culture, light is real. The beam is actually a purple yeah, the light. Is, the, beam the beam is real, Jay. One real. of these things has substance. The other one's a hypothetical social construct. <laughs> light is real, and you can't deny that. They it's shoot real. off a giant purple light that it's blinds airline pilots for miles. <laughs> light the beam. Look, I can see the Kings winning at home because they're great in Sacramento, but it's hard to pick against the reigning NBA oh. champs in the first round of the NBA playoffs. I expect the game to be close, and in a close game, I see the Warriors prevailing. Steph Curry is going to put this team on his back. I hate to say it, but I'm going to be rooting for the Warriors today. No! Boo. Boo. Do 
doing all you want, guys. Come on. No, seriously. So I can't believe this. So you're saying that you you don't like Logan so much that you're going to pick the Warriors, man. Yes. That is insane. That's exactly that is what insane. I'm saying. As a Cleveland no. fan, you would pick the Warriors when you know the Warriors have, like, hurt the Cavs so much. Lana, I hate to break it to you, but Cleveland fans and Cleveland players this time of the year are watching this game from their couches. No. It doesn't matter. Jake. Either way, and, and, and rooting not for Golden State. That's all I got to say. Jake, you are doing what ev- you are doing the vice of every man. It's knowing you're wrong and refusing to admit it. And I respect you I doubling, tripling, pentupling down. You, you're taking it like a champ. You're That's kind of what I'm doing you're with my be, son's. Uh, you're, be, you're being problematic this segment like a man. <laughs> in the most stereotypically toxically masculine way and in a way I well, good on you man good on you we'll we'll see how this goes today I love how I'm being toxic just because I think the Warriors are going to win game 7 you are and letting, they're the reigning NBA champs I mean you are letting personal grievances cloud your judgment be clouded like our judgment where we just don't like golden state but is that not clouding your judgment in the beam? I feel no. like the beam has kind of blinded but, your guys' eyes to this my, series, okay? The beam did blind me. I stared <laughs> right into it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It all goes down today, 3.30, Game 7, Warriors-Kings. Winner goes on to play the, the Lakers, by the way. Warriors-Lakers, that's a spicy round two matchup. Oh, too bad it's not going to happen. Would you rather see Kings-Lakers? Yes, because then Braun Braun can go to the Western Conference Finals. All right, fair. But yeah. but you think Ron Braun doesn't go to the Western Conference Finals if it's the Warriors? Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> Am I wrong? I, I'm not commenting. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's move on. Let's talk about Broad Braun and the Lakers and their series against the Grizzlies. Are we just happy that the Grizzlies are out of the playoffs, guys? Can we just shave it up to that we're happy? America wins yeah. when Memphis loses. What happened to the Grizzlies? Because I remember two games. years ago. That's what happened. Like, no, like two years Dylan ago. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks sure, is the answer. Sure. I just remember two years ago on these airwaves, like the Grizzlies were a play-in team and John Morant was on the rise and everybody was like, it is great because the play-in is great well, because we get to see these teams that are unrecognized and John Morant playing in the play-in is so entertaining. And now it's like, we just want the, the Grizzlies to be out of here as soon as possible. Well, yeah. Well, then like. Jean Morant had his off-the-court stuff where, you know, he threatened to harm yeah. a child. Uh, but you know, then Dylan Brooks where it's like he was going to poke the bear and then LeBron had a 20-20 game on him and closed it out in six and then he just refuses to talk to the media. I just think Dylan Brooks... Well, Lana referenced a player survey today. The players did. And um, you know, they asked the most overrated player. The third... One of the answers was just those Memphis kids. They asked for a player in particular, and they just said the entire Memphis Grizzlies. Like, the league hates Memphis. I think everyone's kind of celebrating this. You mentioned Dylan Brooks. He said that he didn't respect anybody until they dropped 40 on him. And the Lakers won by 40 points in Game 6 to win the series. Of course, LeBron James didn't score 40, but... The spread of the game was 40 points. So the Lakers move on. They await their opponent today, whether it be the Warriors or Kings. Let's move on to the series that has started in round two, the Nuggets and Suns. Game one last night. Man, what an atmosphere in Denver as the Nuggets won 125-107 to at home to take the 1-0 series lead. Yeah, Jamal Murray's healthy again. You know, he's back to his bubble. Like, you know, bubble Jamal Murray was a... Uh... 
know, like a common thing. Like that was like the meme going around then. It, it wasn't bubble Jamal Murray. It was healthy Jamal Murray. You know, he tore his ACL there. You know, after you know, it's he's two years removed from surgery, and that's really when you like really start getting back to form. And last night he looked back to form. I mean, thirty four and nine. He and Jokic scored or assisted on seventy six of the team's one hundred and twenty five points. Uh, Denver, they had a very well-rounded performance last night, and they took care of Phoenix. That they did, and I was so impressed with the Nuggets, especially down in the fourth quarter, because they consistently had like a 10-point lead, and Jokic was out of the game, and they were almost relying on like a guy like Aaron Gordon to score early in that fourth quarter, and it worked. Gordon was filling up, he was bowling Suns players down low, and then you mentioned it, Matt. Jamal Murray goes off. The crowd was electric in Denver to end the game. Is this the year for the Nuggets to break through and win the NBA Finals? Is yes, this it? Hopefully, yes. Yes. Aaron Gordon, like, we should put more props because he had 23 points. I mean, that's that's big for sure. And I feel like he's still robbed of the, of the dunk contest. Oh, 100%. Oh, my gosh. 100%. Like, come on. Aaron Gordon. Just the Nuggets, they're so deep. They have so many assets on this team that can score you double-digit figures every single game. They're they're just such a good team. They're such a good team. They deserve the number one seed in the Western Conference, and they're playing like it right now, beating the Timberwolves in five games, I believe, and now taking a 1-0 series lead over the Suns. How does this series end, guys? What do you think? Look, I think Denver is equipped to potentially steal a game on the road, I don't think Phoenix is equipped to win a road game in Denver. So with that logic alone, I could take, I could Denver in six at the earliest. If not, I will go Nuggets in seven. I will trust the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. I think he's a small market. He's from a small market town in terms of NBA uh, relevance. So I think America is going to finally see why this guy has won back-to-back MVPs over a Joel Embiid who's in a much more bigger and broader market. I think this is going to be the playoff uh, playoff run where we finally put respect on Jokic's name. All right, Matt is taking the Joker. Maybe we do some like nugget challenge up here at WZIB Sports if they end up winning Can the they, NBA Finals. As long as they're with like the Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets, I will do anything involving those chicken nuggets. I'm in. Interesting. Okay. Lana, what's your prediction for the series? Yes, Nuggets in hopefully, like, again, I want as few games as possible. However, the Suns, they are a a good team. I hate to admit it. But um, hopefully in as few games as possible. I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to speak it into existence or something. But hopefully the Nuggets win. Well, I'll speak it into existence for you, Lana. I'm going Suns in no, seven, and no, maybe this is no, no. the toxic masculinity or whatever. Nugget you're challenge, earlier. nugget challenge, yeah, right nugget now, challenge. right now. No, well, not right now. We're gonna make the parameters right now. I don't know how these things work. If I'm right, okay. what do I do? If you're wrong, if I'm wrong, what do I do? All right, let's settle it right now All on right. air, Matt. So, if the Nuggets win the series, okay, you have to do. Or, no, I would have to do something if the Nuggets win. If the Suns win, you would have to do something. What okay. is this something? And it involves chicken nuggets. Okay. You set the parameters. I set the parameters. Yes. Okay, I did challenge you to this. I don't want to do like a chicken nugget for every point they score because that would be no, like, no, no. That would be like a hundred dollars of chicken nuggets and like hundreds of chicken nuggets. Exactly. Uh, we're college students at the end of the day. Let's just let's just settle it. Winner gets the other a gift card to the uh, place with chicken nuggets of their choice. Okay. I can, I can settle that. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Hypothetically shake on it? Yes, hypothetically right. shake on it from across the board. We, there's a, 
There's some stakes on this Nugget Sun series now. That makes it a lot more entertaining. There's some stakes on this chicken bet. Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> All right. We'll leave the NBA conversations there. We have a lot of hot mic questions to get to. We'll get to it next on the other side of the break. Also, there was a home run derby last night in the MLB. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Power Talk. Welcome back in, everybody. You're listening to Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. We're live from the University of Akron for our last segment of today's show. My name is Jake Murn, the host, and I'm joined by Matt Pramuka. I'm having so much fun. I don't want this show to end, man. Yeah, I just said it before we entered into this segment. Like, I don't know if I'm having one of my better shows overall. But I know I'm having one of my more fun shows overall. So hopefully that's translating to those listening as well. And second, joining us on these airwaves, it is Boom Boom Pow, Lana Sal. Hello. I'm also having so much fun. So you, thank you guys. Yeah, it's been a great show, guys. We had that Taylor Swift rant for like 10 minutes in segment two. That was the best part of the show. Honestly, that was <laughs> definitely a highlight. Definitely a highlight. And if you missed any part of today's show, of course, you can listen back to it. SBT Rewind, wherever you get your podcasts, that'll be up first thing tomorrow morning in case you missed to miss anything or just want to listen back to it. Because, again, it was so entertaining, as you can expect from Sports Power Talk every single Sunday from 11 to 1. And one of our most entertaining segments of SBT, of course, is Hi, Mike. Let's get right into the questions from our Twitter page. Of course, this is your opportunity to get involved in SBT, you ask us questions on Twitter. We read them. We answer them. We react to them on air here on 88.1. And we start with Zips men's basketball player, a star on the court, Evan Wilson. E. Willie himself, a recent guest on SBT Overtime. He says, in your opinion, does the transfer portal benefit or hurt the world of college sports? Same question for NIL. What do you guys think? Um, I think it benefits college sports, right? I mean, you get to, like, if you feel like you fit in a better place, you should be able to explore that, right? And for NIL, I feel like some players benefit more than others. You know, if if people, if, if you're more popular and stuff, then you're going to probably, like, sell more merch or sell more things like that. So, I mean... Some benefit more from others, but sure, overall benefit for both. I think the transfer portal can be abused a bit too easily. I mean, look no further than Tate Martell, who was like a four-star quarterback at Ohio State, and now seven years later he's like the eighth-string receiver on the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, But, you know, outside of those cautionary tales, I think it's very good. Uh, Name, image, and likeness, that is long overdue. Long overdue. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think NIL is fine. Transfer portal can be abused, but I think it's overall fine. And these players, they want to go out. They want to feel comfortable where they're playing. And I think that's fine as well. I think it does benefit the world of college sports. Thank you for that question, E. Willie. We appreciate you and all your efforts for the Zips men's basketball team. We move on to Dan Groen, a former member of WZIP Sports. He asks, what's your favorite album that not many people know about? Like an underrated album? Yeah, I guess. 
Oh boy. Um. Oh wow, wow! This is Dan. You really had to puzzle me right now. I'm Do you not- have one, Lana? I have a favorite album, but many people should know what these albums are. Um, so first, I, I have to go with my fellow Asian, Olivia Rodrigo. I love her so much. Mm. Sour, amazing album. Good album. It, it deserved the three Grammys for sure. She deserves the three Grammys. And let's go with the Taylor Swift album too. Um, Red, Taylor's version. Okay. Awesome. The All Too Well. I was going to say, if you were going Red Original virgin, Version, you might have uh, some Ooh. something to dispute after the show. Oh, boy. I finally found one. It's the uh, Lonely Islands soundtrack for their movie, Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. That is an under underrated Lonely Island movie. Album with that is also hilarious. So This is an easy question for me to answer because I don't like a lot of mainstream music. So a lot oh. of the music that I listen to you. are artists that many people don't know about. So I'm going to go carry on. By the score released in 2020, people should go give it a listen. It's a very good album. Ah, okay. Dan Groen also asks if you could steal any of this year's draft picks from a divisional rival, who would you take? Oh, Darnell Washington, and it's not even close. Darnell Washington? Yes. Tight Can't end say from, I know who that is. Tight end from Georgia. He went to Pittsburgh in round three. He was. All right. He's absolutely insane. He is massive. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll leave that question up to Matt. I'm not an NFL draft expert or anything, so I trust your guidance there. And, of course, SBT Overtime Wednesday morning, yes. NFL Draft Part 3. Recap and analysis from the entire weekend if you're interested in that. Next up, we go to Tyler here on Hot Mike. He says, Lakers can go all the way to the finals. Fact, yes. fact or fact. fiction? Super fact. LeBron can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> yes, exactly. LeBron, the king, the goat, yes, so if the Lakers fail, it is everyone else's fault but his. Oh, of course. <laughs> it says Lakers can go all the way to the finals. I fact. think that is fact. Lakers will go all the way to the finals. I think also that is fact. fiction. That's where I lie on this. We'll leave that there. Tyler has a couple more questions for us. He says, where does Jimmy Butler rank all time among performers in the NBA playoffs? Oh, I, I don't have a list in front of me. And, uh. I have no... I'll give him, like, top 25 playoffs all time because we also have to respect, like, Wilt and Magic and all those guys that I was never alive to see. Yeah. Definitely up there. I mean, he set the single-game record for points scored in a playoff game for the Heats. I mean, yeah, he, he bought out in that first series. It's definitely up there. Tyler's next question, which team won the NFL drafts? I have to say Eagles. I think that was a consensus pick, right? Yeah. yeah. Would you also say the Eagles? Yeah, and also the Texans. Yeah, fair enough. Also asked, what grade do you give the Browns draft and why? That was our Around the Root question. Go vote yeah. our poll, Twitter, at WZIP Sports, where we're getting all these questions for Hot Mike. I gave it a B. I think we all kind of agreed on that consensus of a B range. I think I gave it a B minus. You can listen to this uh, show tomorrow and see if I actually did give it a B minus. Exactly, and uh, speaking of listening back to the show tomorrow, Joe Barry, we appreciate your question on Hot Mike. He says, thoughts on Browns draft choices? We did break down the Browns draft pick by pick to start today's show. Again, that'll be live, SBT Rewind, wherever you get your podcast tomorrow morning. Listen back to that. You can hear us break down each individual pick and explain why we think the Browns had a good or bad or just middle down the road draft for 2023 next up we go to alex barry here for hot mike 
They ask, is the Titans' choice to move up for Will Levis going to make a strong impact on their QB room? Who will the Titans likely move on from? I mean, I don't think they have to move on from anybody. It's just Ryan Tannehill's probably going to be your week one starter. You're going to feel pressure to play Levis, and Malik Willis is kind of going to be an afterthought. Yeah, I think Malik is definitely the outlier here. Obviously, Will Levis was just drafted. Ryan Tannehill will likely start week one, and of course, you're going to feel that pressure for him to get out there and get some playing time on the field. What do you think about Will Levis going to the Titans, Lana? Um, I don't know. I, I just think of him as a meme, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that is fair. Next up, we go to Logan Congrove. Because boo. why not? Yeah, boo. Yeah, boo. I agree. Good question here, though, because he, he says last week when he hosted with Pat Weber on the show, Pat said that Akron football will go above 500 That's next season. That's not happening. Facts or foolery, Logan uh, Congrove says. Foolery, fiction, any other synonym in the English dictionary. Yeah, it, it, it's foolery. Lana, you're the second biggest hits fan I know aside from Pat. Fact or foolery? Are they going above 500? I'm going to be honest. You know, when it comes to Akron football, I'm sorry, but it's not looking like crazy. Like, I don't know if they're going to go above like 500. Yeah, I don't see it happening at all. Definitely foolery from Pat Weber, which honestly, I appreciate what he gives us when it comes to the Akron Zips. I love hearing Pat talk the about it. serial gaslighting that. He, Every year, like, oh, the Zips are bowl eligible this year, baby. He has a legit he, bet in a sports book. He predicted 10-2 and two last year, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. I think okay, so. Yeah. And he has a legit bet in a sports book that the Akron it. Zips are going to win the national title next year. Look, like, that's dude, a real thing. Hey, he has a bet look, slip. If that hits, he'll basically, he, he'll never have to pay tuition again. Yeah, that's <laughs> he fair. Will, he, will, he will have everything covered. That is very fair. Marcus Anderson, another member of WZIP Sports, the most entertaining member, as I usually like to call him here on SBT, he asks, what is your favorite cartoon character? That's a tough Ooh. one for me. I want to say Patrick Starr. I can see you being a Patrick Starr guy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Lana? Um, I have, like, several. So, growing up, I watched, like, Phineas and Ferb. So oh, I hate that I show. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Matt, let's add that to your list of wrong opinions. We talked about this on Thursday of all the sh like the child shows that I hated growing up. Do you remember any on my list? Or should I read? What time was this Thursday, man? When I got to before the, the meeting, when we were walk watching a Scooby Doo in the director's room before the meeting. Oh, okay, yeah, you, okay. I don't remember you talking much. I don't know. Okay, so Phineas and Ferb, terrible show. Other terrible shows. Let's see, Adventure Time, regular show. Valid, and uh, valid. Valid, valid, valid. What was the the other one that Marcus was watching? Um, it was like oh. a purple character. Purple, purple guy, purple cartoon guy. Let's Google that real quick. I'm like plumber, not plumber. I don't know. I'm losing it. But those three shows, terrible. And so is that Chowder? show. Chowder, yes, that was it. I I literally Thank searched. You. I searched purple cartoon guy. And you got it. Thank <laughs> you, man. I appreciate you. Up. Chowder, Adventure Time, Regular Wait, Show, Chowder's Phineas awesome. and Ferb. Chowder's awesome. No, 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 no. Terrible. No. You're two for four. You're two for four right now. I'll Ch take two for Chowder's four. Chowder's awesome. I'll take two for four. I don't know who my favorite one is, though. I really couldn't answer. I I'll go Scooby-Doo. Why not? I don't know. I'll think of something better. Bring it back to you next week. How about that? 
Mark Sanderson also asks, which QB is more likely to have a successful career in the NFL, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Anthony Richardson? Uh, most likely is Bryce Young, but the one that could have the best of all of them is Richardson. Highest ceiling with Richardson. That's where I was going to go with that as well. Lana, what do you think? I may just be like an Ohio fan, but I, I think C.J. Stroud. All right, fair enough. I mean, I could see that happening as well down in Houston. Last question asker, one of our favorite question askers, it's Jake Murnigode, of course. This one's weird. I don't know. Can you pronounce this name? So he wrote out this name that is very long, very complicated, and I love pronouncing names correctly if you've listened to our UFC podcast before. So I guess I will go first. I'm going to go Malaysala Amave. Laulu. That's my pronunciation. I have no idea who this is. Do one of you guys want to give it a shot? Let me let me pull up hot mic real quick. Okay, I got you. Lana, do you have it? Um, yeah, like so I think along the same for the first two parts, Male Sala, uh, uh Amave, and then maybe Lalu Lalu. Yeah, that's kinda where I'm going with it too. <laughs> Male Sala Amove Laulu. Boom. Malisala Amalve Laulu. We'll see if that's right. I'm sure he's going to tweet at us. I'm sure he's going to tweet at us. Next up, first player that comes to your mind when I say Chicago Cubs. Chris Bryant. That's my answer. I don't know why. Just is. Who's the... uh, When I I think of Chicago Cubs, I think of Michael Martinez grounding out in Game 7 to end the World Series. So... Could have left that detail out. Well, he asked the question, Jake. I think of Michael Martinez for all the bad reasons. Okay. <laughs> Lana, Chicago Cubs, what player comes to mind? I think of, like, um, Rizzo and Chris Bryant, like, back in those eras. Yep. That's kind of where my mind goes to as well. Two more questions here from Jake Mernigo. One for me says, thoughts on Song versus Simone. That was the main event of the UFC fight night last night. And... I mean, it, what a performance by Song. I mean, there's so many questions about his ability in the division that he competes at, at bantamweight, because he loses to a guy like Corey Sandhagen and then beats a guy as impressive in, an, in impressive fashion that, like he did over Ricky Simone. And you have to think the sky is the limit, and he's so young. Certainly a ton of room to improve and training with a guy like Uriah Faber I mean, it was an incredible performance. He put him down a couple times. Aside from that clash of heads, I believe in round number two, very impressive performance. Was able to defend the takedowns very well from Simone. Do some damage from his back to Simone as well. And then just light him up every single chance he got on the feet. Very impressive. Round five KO from Song Yadong there. Last question from Hot Mike, guys. Let's see where it is. Thoughts on the amazing Ravens team down in Baltimore? I don't like this question. Aren't they north? Well, no, they're not north of us. Oopsie daisies. Aren't they east? Well, they're they're southeast, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no thoughts on the question, though, Matt? I don't know if it was amazing. I mean, you signed Lamar. Good, good, good job. They did sign Lamar. Woo. That's news. They had five total picks. I'm not really moved. Thoughts on the Ravens? <laughs> yeah, just Lamar Jackson makes so much money now, so good for him. <laughs> yeah, good for Lamar Jackson, good for Ravens fans, I guess, getting to keep their guy. Well, let's move on because we only got 12 more minutes of today's show, and we have some baseball to get to, and I referenced it earlier in today's show. 
I said a home run derby took place last night. Lana, you were kind of confused by that comment. And I'm assuming there's some people out there that don't really know what I'm talking about. So I'll fill you in right now. The Giants and Padres, they're playing a two-game series in Mexico City. And why is this such a big deal? Because, one, it's, you know, an international game. There's that. But, two, this stadium in Mexico City has an altitude of 7,350 feet. That is 2,000 feet higher than Coors Field in Colorado. Wow. This is what baseball needs. We just need games that just completely juice everybody's stats. If they yep. can't take steroids, give them steroid-type numbers. Yeah, give them the elevation that they need. Play on and the moon. Game one, last night, the home run derby. The Padres beat the Giants 16-11. to The sixth and ninth innings were the only innings where runs weren't scored. The teams hit for a combined 11 home runs, just too shy of the MLB record. Matt, we were joking about this before the show even started. These pitchers, man, you have to feel for them. If they go to arbitration like this offseason and they're like looking at it, it's like, oh, I see in April he had an ERA of 12 in this game. Care care to explain? I saw like war memes of bullpen pitchers. All right, got to get ready in the bullpen. Like, do do you really want to get ready in the bullpen for this game? I would not want to go in at all, no. 16 to 11, the final score they're of game one. They're just getting shelled, man. Like, oh, they're major yeah. league pitchers, and it's like if you just put, like, you know, your 12U travel baseball team against a professional team, and they just. The Padres went back to back twice in the game. I mean, it there was. There were 40 insane. total hits. Yeah. 40 total hits. Lana, what do you think about the 16 to 11 game last night in Mexico City? Yeah, that's just crazy. Um,. Good for them. <laughs> I wish I wish the Guardians could uh, continue like they're like hitting and yeah yeah that'd be nice that would be nice we can all hope new stadium but we build it with like nine thousand feet of altitude <laughs> let's do it it is the tallest let's building in the world let's do it the over under for today's game by the way Padres Giants I looked this up before the show and let me know what guy what side you guys would fall on here the over under for today's game on DraftKings Sportsbook is set at 20 and a half runs hammer the over hammer the we're over we're going to hit 30 today baby because <laughs> we feel like it Lana would you do over under 20 20 and a half runs for today's Giants Padres game uh, I don't know. I'll go under. Just being realistic. Um, so I don't know. I'm going over. I just want to see a ton of runs. I want to see <laughs> every single time I check my phone, I want five more runs on the board. That's what happened last night. I want to see it happen again tonight. And good for Mexico being able to witness these incredible games in Mexico City between the Giants and Padres. Again, game two today of the two-game series. This brings us to MLB Player of the Week, though, where each of us picks one MLB player to feature for player of the week, regardless of position, and could be for accomplishments on or off the field. I love this segment oh so dearly, and I'll go to Lana first for MLB player of the week. I'm going to go with the Guardians player, and I feel like Josh Bell has been doing a better job of, you know, hitting and being the silver slugger that he is, you know. I, so I feel like I'm going with him, and he had another home run, and it's been so I hope he could keep this up and for confidence for himself too and that he could be the silver slugger that we all know he is. All right, Josh Bell, the selection from Lana Sal, Matt. MLB Player of the Week. Well, my honorable mention is just the entire Padres-Giants game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Nathan Avaldi. He's a pitcher from the Texas Rangers. Went a complete game last night. 
Uh, complete game shutout, uh, eight strikeouts, only allowed three hits, and the Rangers beat the Yankees 2 nothing. Love that pick out of you, Matt. My pick for MLB Player of the Week, Xander Bogarts from the Padres. He did hit a home run yesterday in the Giants-Padres game, which made him the first major leaguer to hit a home run in four different countries. He's hit a home run in the United States, of course. He's hit a home run in Canada, England, and now Mexico as well. Not only is he the first MLB player to do so, but this season he's also just raking, batting 311, six home runs, 13 RBIs. Xander Bogarts, give me him for my MLB player of the week. Only a couple more minutes left of today's show. Let's get to as many Guardian storylines as we can. I teased this in the intro of today's show. I'm going to ask it to you both right now. What are you worried about most with the Guardians? Is it pitching depth or is it offensive production? Well, no. Well, when you first asked that, well, when you said the outlet, I'm, I didn't know. And so, you know, I did some digging. I went through our last 10 games. You know, over the last 10, we're four and six. Uh, we've given up 48 runs. And have scored just 20. Uh, so I think my answer is going to be a cop-out. I'm going to think both. But I think pitching can be fixed much sooner when Tristan McKenzie comes back in five or so weeks. I think right now you kind of just have to tread water. So I'm going to say I'm going to say both. But, you know, pitching's the one that can be alleviated soon. What are you worried about most, Lana? Do you agree with Matt? Is it pitching depth? Is it offensive production? Yeah, I agree with Matt. Um, some of like the pitchers, it was like really disappointing a couple of games ago. I think the score was like six zero or six one or something with Cal Quantrill. Mm-hmm. So that was a little disappointing. And just Cal Quantrill in general, I'm a little bit just suspicious of just because when he played New York, like that was like a big series, and then I was I was annoyed because he didn't do that well against that series, and I do think it was a big reason why we didn't advance and beat the Yankees. So before yesterday's 8-7 loss to the Red Sox, my answer, I was firm with it. It was offensive production. That is what I was worried about most with the Cleveland Guardians. And then yesterday, we saw yet another terrible performance from Zach Plesak. And I also share the same concerns that you do, Lana, with Cal Quantrill. Aaron Savali, he's on the injured list, along with Tristan McKenzie. Shane Bieber's doing what Shane Bieber does. And now you have a guy like Zach Plesak who can't get out of the first inning without giving up at least two runs. He gave up a three-run homer last night to Rafael Devers yesterday afternoon, I should say, in the first inning. I mean, are, are we done with Zach Plesak? Are I'm we done, done with this? I'm done with Plesak and Cal Quantrill. I'm so glad that we've called up Allen and Bybee because um, I, I can't do it anymore with uh, Plesak and Quantrill at yeah. all. Allen and Bybee are strong options. Allen's slated to pitch today. We'll see if that game happens. I know there is some inclement weather over there in Boston. I think you get rid of Hunter Gaddis. I think you get rid of Zach Plesak. I still have hope in Kyle Quantrill. I mean, before this season, he was very good. But Zach Plesak, terrible last year. And so far, you could not have started the season any worse. You just couldn't have. Lana, any thoughts on Zach Plesak? Yeah, I, when I think of Zach Plesak, I also think of him just punching the mound. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's got some things that he needs to work on, but we'll see. And the thing is, like, Tito talks about Zach Plesak and his lack of command, especially of the fastball. It's like, if you're having those issues at this level, maybe you don't belong at this level. Go get your command settled at double A AA or triple A, and then when you got that, then you can come back. Like, 
setting him down isn't a permanent thing. Like, he can come back. Do you want to go to double-A games when Plesak inevitably gets sent down and just taunt him? Do you want to go to rubber? I'm not that kind of just... fan. I'm not that kind of fan. Me I would neither. go and root for him. Me neither. I, just, I just think it'd be funny. You just go to the only the games he starts. Who's the toxic one now, Matt? Me. <laughs> it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> I uh, did it. Another uh, Taylor yeah. Swift pun. Yeah, another one there. So let's talk about the debuts of Logan Allen and T- Tanner Bibby because you just mentioned them both, Matt, and I did too. They're, they look great. I mean, it's only one start for both oh, of yeah. them, but they look great. Logan Allen, I was there at that game last Sunday. Six innings pitched, five hits, one walk, one earned run, eight strikeouts. Tanner Bibby, 5.2 innings pitched, six hits, zero walks, one earned run, eight strikeouts. He was the first Cleveland pitcher in the live ball era to to strike out five-plus batters in a row. Shocked by that stat. I feel like Corey Kluber would have done that back in the day. I mean, both games were wins. What are we expecting out of these guys this year? I mean, I have a lot of uh, stock in Logan Allen strictly because our rotation lacks lefties. And, you know, Allen's a strong left-handed pitcher. Even when McKenzie does come back, I mean, he's he's right-handed. I mean, like Logan Allen is going to be, you know, if he's your three-starter this year, I think you're in really great shape. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Lon, any thoughts on Logan Allen and Tanner Bibby? Yeah, um, good production from both of them. And... Um, especially since it was their first starting. And mm-hmm. So they showed that they weren't nervous and that they just went out there and got the job done. Both starts were at Progressive Field, too, so it'll be interesting to see how they start and how they deal with, you know, how the composed they play on the road. Logan Allen playing today at Fenway Park. Again, that game might not go down today with the weather in Boston, but I'm very excited to see Logan Allen and Tanner Bibby up here at the majors and that's going to do it for the april 30th edition of sports power talk we talked about the nfl draft nba playoffs the cleveland guardians and so so much more any last thoughts on today's show this was incredibly fun i did not know there were so many swifties up here this 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 was a incredibly fun show on such a gloomy afternoon it really was matt i agree with you lana any last thoughts Yeah, just reiterating what Matt said. And also, tomorrow is the first day of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. So shout out to all my fellow Asians. And go Zips, go Guardians, go Cavs, and sometimes go Browns. (laughs) Fair enough. Great shout out there from you, Lana. And I agree with you, Matt. This was... It's like an all-time show for me up here at WZIP Sports, man. This was just pure vibes. Pure Pure vibes. Pure vibes. Don't know if we gave you a real great radio show, but, man, we had fun. Our teams let us all down, but you know what? We didn't let each other down. Exactly. There you go. Guys, the countdown continues for me, ladies and gentlemen. I only have three more Sports Power Talks left. I will not be on next weekend. Next weekend is a pretty big weekend for me. I have my birthday coming up on Friday. And then what a better way to celebrate than graduating from the University of Akron on Sunday. So I won't be here on Saturday. I won't be here next Sunday, but I'll be in this chair the following three Sundays to put an end to my chapter with SPT. It'll be a fun ride like it was today. But until then, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at WZIP Sports and download all our podcasts from SBT Rewind and SBT Overtime. It's Lana Tau. There you go, Lana. My name is Jake Murrin. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Sports Power Talk. And until we do it all again next Sunday, 
Be kind to one another, Akron and SBT. We'll be back same time and place next week on 881 WZIP.